0: Welcome back to another episode of crossing broadcast and electric morning as Danello Cavacante has been caught in Chester County wearing Eagles gear. We've had a crazy morning an electric morning press conference questions. The governor Shapiro is saying that he's going to get the, uh, uh, an Eagles fan who's got their hoodie stolen, a new one in Kelly green. It's just been the ultimate, you know, Philadelphia mad lives as you can uh as you can tell so let's get uh let's get Kevin Kikade on right now to
1: just all break it down what a wild <laughs> morning Kev <laughs> I don't know I was in the car I think I was uh I just dropped the kids off and I was like listening to the fanatic and uh and, uh, like, I think Egan announced I think Pat Egan announced it. And then he said, wait, uh, I guess they were watching, like, Fox 29, they're watching Good Day or something. They're like, is he wearing an Eagles sweatshirt in this photo? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I knew, I knew you would, like, you would, you would ping me on Slack, like, like, five minutes later, saying, I got this, you know? And sure enough, it was like, you had it. Every boat. time
0: I couldn't get, every time I thought that I was done with the story, something yeah. crazier would happen on top of a crazier thing. It would be like, OK, escaped criminal spider walks out of the prison. Cool. That happens. OK, Kate, escaped prisoner is in Longwood Gardens where everybody goes and like takes their dates and their wives and proposes to people. Beautiful botanical place. OK, uh, they'll get them. Uh, escaped convict steal, steals dairy van, drives right past the police. Escaped convict apparently shaves his his beard. We thought he shaved his head. It doesn't look like he did uh and he's now armed with a gun and then just the cherry on top is just we got him oh by the way he has an eagle sweatshirt on
1: and it just yeah and then just, we're gonna take a picture and then we're all gonna line up and take a picture oh. together. like it's the last day of like um you know uh like the team photo like he's a trophy
0: fish I, I i don't know if i should laugh because it's just a <laughs> hilarious image or i should be like you guys like You just let one guy take you down for fourteen days. Just hide all over the
1: place. Yeah. Now let me ask a question here, real quick. The people who came was that like like ATF that came in from somewhere else a couple days ago? Was that who was apparently Border Patrol who
0: found him? Who came in? Who came in? It was Border Patrol. Apparently, it was Border Patrol.
1: Okay, because it it does add some context to the photo. Because like I know some people were saying like, well, you were dicking around for two weeks and you couldn't get him. but it doesn't really i mean that's not really relevant it's like it's not about who got him it's the fact that like it took two weeks and this guy was like dicking around for two weeks and he got out of he got out of jail in the first place you know so you would think like if that was me i'd just be like all right this you know episode is over let's just throw this guy back in jail and be done with it like what are we celebrating we shouldn't have been out of that he shouldn't have been out in the first place you know
0: it's like they're posing think, with the Lombardi right now. Like they just won the Super Bowl, baby. I mean, it's it is. I mean, it gets, I guess I kind of guess it is their Super Bowl. So like more power yeah. to them, I guess. Well, it's, then, it was
1: like the law enforcement equivalent of you know, of uh, there was a pay. I think there was a pass that Jalen Hurts threw into the stands uh, or into the first row the other day, and Jalen Mills was you know given the finger or something. Like it's like you know, yeah. like we're doing a victory lap or something. I don't know. I just thought it was silly. It's like here's this, this murderer. You know, he's wearing an Eagles shirt. Are we going to line him up for a for a Stanley Cup team pose? As uh, Connor says in the chat here, you know, I thought it was. <laughs> but you got to read the room a little bit. <laughs> How
0: many Cavalcante custom jerseys are we getting down at the Eagles tailgates this year? I think over or under.
1: If you said it at two and a know. half, I would hit the over right now. I don't you know. There's the Craig, be- Craig. If you can pull the, well, it's going to be like a Halloween outfit, isn't it? The, the Cavalcante. Craig, if you can pull that photo again, what is going on with his hair here? He looks. He looks like. Uh, he looks like he was. um he escaped Chester County to go to like the the gathering of the Juggalos or something like that. It almost looks like he's got like that corn. He looks like the the sixth member Man. of Corn here with like the uh the, the wet like dreadlock looking kind of stuff going on. Yeah. He looks like Monkey from Corn, I would say. <laughs> uh, and then- pool. I don't know if anybody here listened to Corn back in the day. Rainy probably did. Rainy probably listened to Corn. Yeah. Are we bringing him on? Is Rainy coming on? We're <laughs> we're, we're gonna bring Rainy on in a second. We have. Yeah. You know, and that's what I just wanted to say. The
0: cherry on top during yeah. the press conference just makes us the most unserious city in the entire country. Craig, if you can pull up the com- uh, the press conference question that the GOAT, Mike Rainey, asked. Somehow they let him into the press conference. I don't know how. But listen to this and listen to. I went, well, Sir, was sorry. there any
2: concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside the trench coat little rascal style?
1: No.
0: <laughs> all right so we we were able to lock him down fresh off of the uh the press conference let's bring him on friend of the program recurring guest mike rainey you smiling bastard, there how are you animal
2: boys thank you for having me on man it's always a pleasure to link up with you guys how the hell did you get in there well dude i planned on going out to chester county to um to film content for my, my true crime podcast, Little Stinkers, and I was just finishing my coffee. I was about to leave the house, and I saw the news that they had caught him. And it's like, yeah, as a human being, I am glad they caught him, but as a podcaster, I'm like, fuck. So, yeah. all right, I saw that they're having the press conference not far from me. I live in Delco, so they're like, all right, Kenneth is not too far. I can be there within like a half hour. So I drove there, not knowing if I could get in or not, but uh, I saw a dog standing in the the bay where they have one of the fire trucks. And I'm like, all right, if they're letting dogs in, they'll let me in. So <laughs> I, I just walked in there and it's like all serious news people. And uh, there were a couple like people from the community. And I was like, all right, let me hang out. And I was just going to like live stream it for my podcast channel. I was like, all right, that's lame. And people started asking questions. So I'm like, all right, maybe I could ask a question. And I just had my hand raised. If they pick me, he picked me. And he pointed to me and I was like legitimate concern because this is a little tiny man it's just like that was never lost to me the whole time like the guy's five foot and 120 pounds
1: elusive yeah he's like brazilian yeah (laughs) were you are you wearing a waste management t-shirt
2: no it's actually a podcast i like called war mode uh okay all right i was gonna
1: say were you because that would have been even better if you were wearing a waste management t-shirt at the um
2: yeah
1: (laughs) this (laughs) man you're up next yeah exactly
2: yeah, I was up, lieutenant just, colonel, first time, in a long time.
1: Did, wait, so did the did the uh, did the real media people get mad at you? Did you get some like death stares
2: from the you know from the crew? I mean, it was a pretty lighthearted mood. Everybody's justifiably uh, in a good mood, and yeah. Um, yeah. I, there was violent shift in the vibe. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was shit in my pants, man. Because I mean, listen, I've been doing comedy a long time, so like I've bombed countless times. So like I'm. <laughs> Entire rooms full of people wanting me, to uh, but it's the first time doing it in a so like they were very nice about it. Uh, about 30 seconds after I asked the question, a, a gentleman from the state police tapped me on my shoulder. He's like, uh, Are you with the press? I was like, Well, not technically. He's like, You need all right, and I had to walk out. I was, uh, I had to walk out through like this small army of state troopers, we're just getting- <laughs> it's, it's like great job boys you got them uh right. leave right now and uh not for nothing but i drove there on a suspended license so i was hoping they wouldn't tail me <laughs> <laughs> and uh i made it safe and sound and uh yeah just waiting on a word from PennDOT dot whether it, when my uh license is getting restored <laughs> yeah.
1: did oh, they gather shit. you together did they make you do a after they removed you did they get all the cops together for a photo
2: uh, no, dude, I was hoping they would do the Stanley Cup picture with me. Just hold me sideways and kiss me and pass. <laughs> you're
1: like laying sideways on the ground, like on the on the ice or something. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're like you're a trophy fish. Yeah. yeah, no, they were super cool about it, man, and it was it was fun, man, and uh, yeah, I'm glad they got because I mean, it was scaring me. I mean, I don't live too close to where all this was happening, but I'm close enough as to where it's in driving distance. And the more this went on, the scarier it got. But. You know, it was cool to see it today and it was like the mood was definitely lighter until that question was asked.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think the governor lets uh lets his little joke off about the Kelly Green hoodie without you first asking that question about uh Danel Calvocante. Did you hear about that? I thought he went did he say that first? Did he say that first? I didn't hear, yeah, I didn't yeah, hear I, that. I thought he came I, back on after.
2: Yeah, he said that before me. So I was like, all right, cool. They're Oh, so he warmed you
0: up. He's like your he's like your uh your, your warm-up guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh There we go. I mean, Shapiro.
3: Shapiro. An and then to the gentleman's question there in the suit, um folks, whoever had their Eagles hoodie stolen, if you could let us know, I'll do my best to get you one of those new Kelly green ones, okay? Yeah,
2: making jokes. <laughs> Why get my Mike, it's fucking open
0: mic night at the at the Danello uh Calver- Conti Press conference
2: Yeah. How cool of a name is Danello Cavalcanti to say the Philly accent? Oh God. Well,
0: you got the best one. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah, not for nothing, but Britton Covey can beat it because we got Danello Cavalcante back there, running back punch, through. If anybody can take off with it, it's Danello Cavalcanti. But listen, I won't take up too much of your time, but uh all right, I'll listen to your response.
1: Do you uh <laughs> do you think Danello Cavalcante
2: was on perks when he was caught? Dude, he had to have been because I couldn't imagine like laying out there. Um, without being jacked up on painkillers dude because driving out there like I've been to Longwood a thousand times and even Longwood and I I had heard that the area where he was apprehended is ten times worse from like a uh, terrain perspective than the area around Longwood but even just driving past Longwood this time this morning it gave a better context to like what they were dealing with because I think people are you know and I was among them just saying like how do they not catch this guy in two weeks but seeing like the terrain they had to deal with i I can't imagine how difficult that was to cover that much ground but Mm
1: -hmm. But yeah yeah it's not easy i don't know i mean i i you know they had schools that were closed down and all that shit i don't you know like i think about i got two little girls if this you know dickhead was running around out there i might have been the moped guy or not the moped guy the guy who got on the vespa the powder blue vespa you know that may have been me i get it was he there mike what's that vespa guy there was vespa guy there
2: He was not, man. It was uh, mostly just cops, um, a bunch of firemen and uh, a dog.
0: (laughs) I I don't I don't want to give people like a reason to go to press conferences, but people believe like these are like these very serious like places and stuff like with like armed security and everything. But like they're very easy to just walk into if you're around.
2: Yeah. And, and dude, it was, it surprised me uh, because I'd never been to one before, but uh, yeah, walking in there, like I just saw a dog hanging out in that bay and I was like, all right, cool. Well, let me go in. And uh, yeah, well, guess- it's
1: not like the last, it's not like the last perimeter was very secure of,
2: you know, <laughs> <Yeah. anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> I like the <laughs> they probably don't get too many Doko jerk offs coming in there to do that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. the press yeah, conference, I mean, things-
0: Mike, once I saw your war mode shirt, I probably would have been like, I don't think that guy might be on the press corps. <laughs> yeah. Mike, yeah, I, thought- I, I want to ask you. I feel like you would know this. You think you rubbed one out when he was hiding out?
2: Yeah. That's got to be terrible. You get bit by a dog as you're jacking it. <laughs> then after finger, dog's lapping it up.
1: I like how the dog was in the picture, too. They got the dog in the picture. Like he's in the front. Yeah. Um- I, I guess there's no alternative. I guess if the trooper who is minding the dog is going to be in the photo, then the dog has to be also. It's not like they were going to. What are they going to go chain the dog to a tree real quick and be like?
0: I mean, the hey, dog right got the him. Photo. The dog. The, technically, the dog got him. So, like, I'm glad that dog that was hanging out in the bay was probably yeah. the hero.
1: So yeah. it should have just been the dog and Cavalcante in the photo, right?
2: I hope I really they should have. Yeah. Just- but dude, to that Belly point. rub for life serious questions that I thought was a valid question and a very funny question was somebody asked the dog's name and they refused to give it up. So it's like the the same kind of guidelines, you know how, like if the Navy SEAL kills somebody, they're just like, yeah, we're not telling you who did it. Like the guidelines apply to dogs. Like they refuse to give him his name, but I don't know. So the dog will write a book when the, when the dog's
1: non-disclosure agreement expires in like. Yeah. no day By fudge. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Mr. Scruffles does not <laughs> how I got Danella by Mr. Scruffles.
1: We'll have to get Mr. Scruffles on the on the podcast unless Chris uh, O'Connell gets him on Fox before we can, you know.
0: That's true. Belly Rubups be for life for that dog.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, Rainy, you're doing the Mike. Lord's work, man. We appreciate you being out
2: there. I mean, somebody had to go do it, right? You know? I feel the same way, Kevin. And I always appreciate you guys. I love your show, man. I love what you do and keep up the good work, brother.
0: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, buddy talk to you. oh man Mike Rainey uh Rainey. actually Joey B Joey B has a great uh comment here the John Deere dealership where he was caught Kincaid maybe think about going buying a gas guzzling tractor over there Supports uh, local yeah. business. oh
1: uh, you know um <clears throat> we should go live. maybe we should do next week live from there maybe our Monday show should be live from the uh the uh-huh. no I've got a, a battery-powered zero turn mower already so <laughs> You're, good, not you're not going to get one from
0: John Deere though they
1: called him? When that the- would be me. Instead of being the Vespa guy, I would be on the, the electric mower riding around the neighborhood in uh, North Wales looking for uh, looking for Cavalcante. Strapped with your tactical vest on that's barely going over your gut. <laughs> All-timer. Vigilante, <laughs> Vigilante justice. There's too much vigilantism. Vigilanteism <laughs> going on out here. I'm All just glad right. not is- the big head, yeah. Yeah, this is this is,
0: this is is a show that has a lot of moving parts. Bear with us. I mean, obviously, uh, a 14-day manhunt happened, and they caught the guy. We have to talk about it. But now we're going to shift gears because yeah, let's shift. Let's we also should shift. have. Yeah. Let's get our serious faces on because we have a big interview right now. We're going to interview Don Argot, the co-founder of 914 Pictures and the director of Kelsey, Don we really appreciate you showing up today, and we—I uh, mean, your newfound fame. I, I saw it was number six on uh, Amazon Prime Dude, right now. Check it I mean, down, brother.
3: it's number one today. Number one
0: now. I love that. What are you going to do with your newfound, your newfound fame? Hey, by the way, when Amazon calls uh, yeah. me and me and Kevin were talking about uh, Kelsey yesterday, I was like, hey, make sure you watch it because um, I don't—I mean, because we have the director on the next day. He goes, I don't have it. So when when Amazon asks, you got one sub, okay?
3: Perfect. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah, so, so now I, I do. Work?
1: Now I do have Amazon. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. There's some good stuff on Amazon, man. It's real good stuff.
0: Oh, great. The boys, I love the boys. The boys uh, is a great. E uh, bag,
3: amazing. There's uh, that yeah. Coach Prime uh, is mm-hmm. getting a lot of attention. So yeah, man, they're in it.
0: Yeah. So, by the way, man, great documentary. Um, if you, you so haven't much. checked it out yet, right now it's on Amazon Prime. It's number one. You don't have to go too far to find it. Great documentary. I laughed. I cried. Um, I do want to know my first question is how long did it take Jason to find a Super Bowl
3: ring? Uh, What's what's amazing is, you know, we were, that was early on when we started filming with them and I don't know what, how it came up, but I was like, Oh, it'd be, where's your Super Bowl ring? And he's like, I don't know where it is. I was like, hold on a second. We got to shoot this. So I was like, can we shoot you looking for it? And so he couldn't find it legitimately could not find it. And we looked everywhere. And uh, Kylie sent me a a video probably a week later. Wyatt found it in the glove box of his Tesla, which he did look in, but I clearly overlooked it. So he found it (laughs) recently, though. I did ask him, like, hey, is the Super Bowl ring back in the, you know, the, the little box that they gave you? And he's like. Nah, I put it somewhere else. I don't know where it is again. <laughs> so yeah. he's got to yeah. win another one just so he can know where that one is. Some that's, that's, that's my experience.
1: special is looking looking in the place where it is but not finding it.
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah,
1: I feel like every guy does that at some point. Not yeah, just stereotype. Very
3: more. relatable. That's what makes him so relatable. You can't find a Super Bowlman. Right? We can yes. all relate to it. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: how how long were the uh, were the days of filming? Were you guys filming seven days a week? Were you guys filming a couple days a week? Like, What was the filming process like behind the scenes?
3: Yeah, I mean, we started the project, uh, actually not the this past season, or I guess now it's three seasons, but not the season that's in the film, but actually the season before that. He has the original idea, uh, Connor Barwin and, and Jason and Larry Platt, who all had gotten together, and Jason was contemplating retirement as he's been for the past number of years. And uh, I think he really felt that this was going to be his last year. So he wanted to do a documentary that was really exploring – you know, what it's like to retire from a game that you've been playing your whole life. And it's obviously a huge part of his identity and what that transition out of football into the next chapter looked like. And we thought that was a great idea because, you know, no one's ever really seen anything like that. And I think that there's a lot of value and, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, I think they feel like, super, you know, football players are extremely well compensated. And when it's over for them, like they're set for life. And we know that is not true. Uh, and frankly, it's not just about money. It really is about identity. It's really about who you are. And, you know, Jason is a Philadelphia Eagle. I mean, that guy's going to, you know, they're going to hopefully my goal is that they take the Rocky statue, the prop, the movie prop out at the bottom of the art museum steps and put uh, put a Jason Kelsey one in, which is way more <laughs> like appropriate. That. <laughs> That's a great idea. No, I really, really
0: like the one scene where you had, where you did have all the retired Eagles. Obviously, he's buddies with Barwood. He's buddies with uh, Brent Selick. He's buddies with Harriman's and stuff. But you also had uh, Jason Avant in there. You had Mike Quick in there, I believe, and, yeah. and a couple other guys. It was really, it was really cool to see, and it was really cool to to hear them talk about like after football. Like, what do we do? And I think it was really cool how you guys kind of showed behind the scenes. Like, I never knew he was into, like, cow farming or anything or making, like, you know, gardens and stuff. Like, you know, you look at him as, like, a big burly bear who, like, used to, like, get drunk at uh, Buffalo Billiards, you know, on the yeah. weekends and stuff. Well, he, and now and he's that's, doing non-general.
3: That's the beautiful thing about him is he's all those people, you know, and, and I think he's clearly – Uh, he's, he's a talented football player. We all know that, but I think what people don't know is, you know, that he's a lot more than that. He's very intelligent. He's very funny. Uh, it's no surprise that the podcast of of which we were there at the early, that was just one of the many things he was trying out, you know, I'll do, uh, you know, cow farming, gardening, I'll do a podcast with my brother. You know, he was just really, really just throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And uh, I don't think anyone foresaw, you know, the the podcast turning into what it did and be, becoming, a, you know, kind of a, a juggernaut in its own way. And at one point, and I don't know where, where it is now in the ratings, but I think it was uh, it's up there with one of the, the top sports sports podcasts in the world. So, you know, and that podcast, one of the reasons it works so well is because Jason and, and Travis are completely authentic and they uh they have an amazing dynamic together and uh it's it's just fun to watch and i think that that the film is kind of an extension of you know seeing the real jason behind the scenes outside of football
1: yeah he's um he's shown certainly that in plenty of instances you know the chugging beers at Seattle city and doing the (laughs) you know the Guess bartender routine and all all that stuff but i I found it very relatable because you don't necessarily get to see that's all public you know whatever stuff that's done you know um you know but you like to see inside his like home life and his house and whatnot like you know him him reading to his kids you know and like raking in his garden that's shit that i do every week you know so it's like it's funny because you don't feel it's, it's silly to say that you're like oh, I can relate to a pr- all pro athlete, you know, but I mean, like, you, that was my like main takeaway, I think, at least from like watching the first 30 minutes or so was like, Hey, these guys are just like us. Yeah. You know? And even yeah. in that scene that Kyle was talking about when they're all sitting around at the table I and mean, like, these are Philadelphia Eagles legends. They're, they're talking here. Like, it's like, it's an AA meeting or something. here, <laughs> like round, round table. Like, yeah. like, so what's next in our career? But that, well, was, that was,
3: I think the other thing too, is one of the reasons why, you know, films like this, uh, do resonate is that when you kind of strip down all the stuff that, you know, how the media portrays certain things and just give the space for people to really talk about stuff you know i i can imagine there's probably not a lot of people in many of those guys lives that ask them like hey how's it going after football you know what i mean like that's just probably not a question that they get asked a lot and i think you know when you can get a group of you know retired nfl players you know they're they're like soldiers they've all had a common experience that they that only they understand so when they get to talking and you know like as you see in the film you know being incredibly candid about what it's like to you know, to, to not play football anymore and what that means and what that loss means in their lives. You know, I think that's, again, the original idea uh, has the bones of that original idea throughout the film, but in, a, I think a very organic way. And of course, you know, obviously no spoiler alert here, he doesn't retire. So, <laughs> you know, so the fact that he continues to play, uh, I think is, is a testament not only to, you know, because he wants to because he feels like he still can play at a high level but I do think it's even that he has a successful podcast and clearly at this point between the film and the super bowl and this you know everything that happened with his brother and the pod, the success of the podcast i mean you know every other commercial is either travis or jason now on you know do, doing Campbell soup commercials and you know uh, and tide commercials and you know uh, so it's but that is that is still going to be nowhere near as fulfilling as running out on that field and a stadium full of people, you know, screaming and yelling for you like and you see that I don't know at the, at the towards the end of the film when Jason's kind of struggling with that decision that he has to make whether he's going to come back and play for another year. You know, he's going through it all, you know, and you can see how how heavy it is and you see how much uh, how much he struggles with it frankly and and it makes sense at that moment because you've just seen what he has had to go through um and he's just not he's just obviously wasn't ready to give it up
0: yeah, he he's like a really big emotional bear, and I know like we 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 know that like we've seen some of his. Uh, obviously, we have the one on the on the rocky steps where he like is is insanely you know juiced up. But then we yep. also have one where there was a couple seasons ago where he addresses the team it was a losing season, it wasn't that great of a season, or it actually might have been the nine and eight season. So, but he addresses the team and he and he kind of gets emotional talking about his journey. This clip. I think we'll go down in history of one of the best clips. I'm so glad you guys got the behind the scenes of it because the Eagles only released a little portion of it. I don't know if you yeah. asked them not to release the whole thing for the video or, or maybe Amazon did.
3: We may have.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Hey, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. you. You work, you work tirelessly, you work endlessly. I would probably ask the same thing, but, uh, but man, if it, the, the, the day before the Super Bowl, the emotional speech was insane. Like I was, Kind of like tearing up a little bit, like next to my girlfriend, yeah. trying to be like a man. <laughs> um, it's, did, did, did you're behind the lens? Obviously, you got a job to do. Did you yeah. find yourself? I mean, you're from Philly, correct? Area.
3: I actually, yeah, I, I grew up in North Jersey, but I moved here in 93. So I've been here for 30 years. You, so you understand
0: it. I mean, are you a Giants fan? Are you a Birds fan? What are you? I
3: was, my dad was a Jets fan. I always hated the Giants. Uh, when I was a kid, I liked the Raiders because the colors were cool. But um, I never really had a team until um, until I moved to Philly and really started to get into Philly sports, and uh, you know, obviously got into the Eagles in a big way, and uh, yeah, so it's 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 been a pretty incredible. Uh, I don't know. The, 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 I, there's a lot of stuff going on. We you know we we have been in business for 20 years. was our 20th year in business we're based in philadelphia um i think so much of like what has fueled us is and why i think this was so uh special is that you know jason's journey of not of being undersized of being counted out not getting the scholarship you know going in the sixth round you know nobody really having a lot of um you know high hopes for a guy like him and he had to go out there and prove it constantly and i think being in Philadelphia, not being in Los Angeles or New York, where the industry is, you know, it's certainly been harder for us, but I think it's also fueled us and and made it possible for us to, you know, get frankly more work done here. Because I think in bigger markets like New York and LA, you, you find yourself just kind of like in that rat race of like, just, you know, you gotta, gotta keep going and you gotta, you know, get the next job and stuff. And we've been able to do that here in a much more comfortable way. Um, And that's it's it's a huge testament to why we love Philadelphia and why, you know, I think our business has maintained uh, a 20 year existence because, you know, we, we were able to, you know, start small here and kind of grow it incrementally. And here we are 20 years later, still doing it and having this as our, you know, kind of anniversary film is like, you know, you couldn't write it any better. So just very proud of the film.
0: Yeah, is there anything else you would want someone now that they're watching Kelsey and stuff? Is there anything you got on, you know, your docket that you produced back in the day or directed back in the day? If you if you had one thing, what would you tell them to go watch?
3: I mean, if you go check out our website 9914pictures 914pictures.com. We, you know, we last year we did a film uh, about Ronnie James Dio uh, called Dio Dreamers Never Die and um I'm a, I grew up a huge metalhead. And so that was kind of a dream project. And it was our love letter to heavy metal in a way. And I think then to be able to do this as our follow up, as as our love letter to the city of Philadelphia. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, but we've we've made a ton of films and a bunch of series and stuff. And, you know, I'm proud of all the work that we've been able to do. Um, and, yeah, if people can go back and check some of this stuff out, you know, I would certainly appreciate it.
1: What goes into what, what's the day to day like of of doing a project like this? And what's um what, what was the most difficult part or the biggest challenge that you faced?
3: Well, I, I think the biggest challenge always with a documentary is the unknown. Right. I mean, uh, there's a reason why there's a lot. Most documentaries are retrospective because it's. A hell of a lot easier to tell a story that's already happened than you know the beginning, middle, and end. Uh, but that's nowhere near as exciting or rewarding as you know being there and doing like a verite follow doc, and the fact that we were able to you know kind of be on the front lines as this incredible season unfolded. You're, but at every turn, I mean, just like as as an Eagles fan, you know, you're you kind of like you're so invested in the season and you know how the team does, and we had that. Plus, you know, what if they don't, you know, get out of the first round of the playoffs? What if they lose the championship game? You know, there's so there's constant you're constantly like, you know, hoping for an outcome that we have zero control of. And that's nerve wracking, you know, as a filmmaker to to know that, like, you know, if we if we could just write it, it would be so much easier. It's like, yeah, they should totally go all the way to the Super Bowl. He should play his brother and then they should win. And then he gives an amazing speech that would be bookended by the mummer speech in the beginning. And like, there's our movie. And, you know, life doesn't work out that way. So, you know, you have to. It almost did. It almost did. It almost did. But we should have known better as uh, Eagles fans, (laughs) Uh, because I was so I am never confident. Certainly, you know, with with the Eagles. But at, at the moment when we won the NFC game and then, you know, we were with Jason at Chickies and Pete's watching the, the Bengals and Chiefs game. And then when they got in, I was like, well, they're going to win the Super Bowl now. Like, there's no way that this does. This doesn't have the happy ending that we, we've been dreaming of. And um, unfortunately, they came up three points short. And uh, but I, I do think and, and one of the, the the quickest thing that we had to kind of like, you know, reconcile, which is like, all right, well, we didn't get the ending that we wanted there's still more to this story because we don't know if Jason's going to retire. So we still might get the kind of, you know, closure of Jason hanging it up and giving his speech and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the fact that he decided to play another year and you know, the, the, that the story continues, it's, you know, it's, you know, if if we can, if you can equate it to anything, Rocky doesn't win in the first movie. So the, the goal now is to go, Kelsey two, which is when they would win, which would be this year, and then by Kelsey four, when he does retire and has to like find his way back, you know, to to you know, kind of Eastern European uh, Russia league, you know, that's we'll get him to Russia. So we'll just follow Rocky until until the last Rocky, which will be called Jason Kelsey, and it'll be him. So you're saying
0: he- Jason Kelsey right here has three more seasons left in him? I like I like where, I your, head's
2: I
1: I like where your head's
2: at. I didn't say your head's at Don. <laughs>
1: Let's hope so. Let's yeah, hope so. but the Super Bowl yeah. ending is inter- interesting from a film perspective because, I mean, like this is a documentary, right? It's, it's This is not like a Disney movie where everybody lives happily ever after at the end, you know, the, sure. the prince comes down and kisses the princess and, you know, it's <laughs> all that, you know, it's fine, right? I mean, like the ambiguity of like not knowing what's going to happen or not having the perfect ending is kind of relates in a way to, you know, where where cinema and literature went over the last five to ten years where it wasn't like there was typically like a, like here's the good and here's the bad there's a lot of like gray yep there's a lot of ambiguity there's a lot of like stuff that's just kind of in the middle i think like that's i don't know kind of like exemplified in the way that you know that season played out last year completely.
3: <laughs> completely and i think that's what makes the film so special um that they and you know obviously we all know and all wish that they did win i think he probably would have retired to be honest with you, I don't know that for certain, but I I do think it would have been a lot harder for him to justify coming back after he just won a Super Bowl, uh, and he was already kind of contemplating retiring. But I think the the he's clearly still playing at a super high level and he's his his body and his mind aren't ready to walk away from the game just yet.
0: How how deep into the documentary did you think like he's coming back or maybe you never even thought he was coming back that he was going to retire. Like, when did you feel like you, you knew the answer? Did you ever get a sense of the answer?
3: <sighs> no, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we really like wrote it all the way up until that last scene and he only made the decision hours after that scene. And even in that scene, I don't think he knew if he was going to come back or not. Yeah. So and that was a like the day yeah. before free agency, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so wow. it was, it, He he took it all the way to, you know, to the last minute, you know, and uh, and I think we you know, I had a sense that he probably wasn't going to walk away only because it was clearly so hard for him to make that decision. Um, But, you, you know, I just didn't know until he made the decision. So was
0: was there any apprehension from him when he first started it? Because, like, you know, Philadelphia can be tough and you can be beloved like Jason Kelsey. But, you know, you're going into that season, though, the roster was really good. We've seen rosters that were really good before 2012 dream team who went four and twelve. Now, this 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 documentary, let's just be honest, doesn't do the numbers it's doing right now with a six and ten season. and, And Jason Kelsey probably retiring. Was there any apprehension there from him being like, shit, like, all right, let's do this. But like, I don't know if I want to release it at the end if we're going to go, you know, have a losing season.
3: I think that's what was so great about the project in general is it was very organic. There was so much, you know, kind of space. To, it, it, it was never one thing up until, frankly, the end of the Super Bowl. And it was only at that moment that we we're like, OK, well, we know now we kind of know the the, the story arc. But until until that moment, um, you know, everything was kind of undefined. And so. There there was never a sense of like what this was, frankly, until you know the Super Bowl ended. And then obviously the moments after with his um uh, with his third kid being born and his you know hosting SNL with his brother, um, and then having to make that decision to, you know, come back or not come back. Yeah, you know, we knew there was more to the story after the fact and that and again, there was so so like even with the Super Bowl ending, we were it was even in a way more confusing because it's like, well, what what is this now? It's like, that's, you know, as Kevin, as you mentioned, like, you know, people are used to not getting the happy endings, but like, that's, that's real, a real not happy ending, you know, to, to like yeah. follow a guy all the way through this moment, through this process. And then like, man, he doesn't win. And then there's like no redemption after that. So like, we knew that we needed to keep it going to have some kind of feeling of closure to it. Even though the story is like an ellipses is not, you know, certainly not a period. At
0: this point. Did you film any of the after party Super Bowl that didn't make it?
3: Not no, I mean there was no after party really. To you mean at, with the team or with uh, with the team? Yeah, I just want to
0: know if Jonathan Gannon was smiling and dancing like allegedly he was because he already yeah. had the Cardinal. Don't job. even
3: mention that Locked guy's up. name around here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jay. I mean, really, Jason uh, came, right, came right back to the hotel like an hour later after you know the locker room stuff and that moment that's in the movie. Uh, that was you know he basically did that. He left and then went to bed, so uh, there was not a lot of whole, not a lot of celebrating going on after uh, after that evening. Who,
0: who was your favorite character other than Jason to uh, to film? I got a couple.
3: I mean, Kylie is just a superstar. I mean, it's just she's so she's so amazing. She's so funny. Uh, she's so Philly, uh, and you know, it's just the, and their dynamic is is gold. Uh, her trying to rest, you know, kind of like wrestle the kids and get them to stop you know to be quiet it's just like her she's just an incredible human being and he jason has the best partner that he could ever ask for you know she really is like uh his support system he's she's the reason that he is i think able to focus solely on football certainly for the for the season and uh you know she she doesn't you know, not that she doesn't have bad days or doesn't get crabby or whatever, but, you know, she's, she gets it, you know, she's, she's, she knows that she's there to support him. And she knows that football is not going to be forever. And, you know, now I think she's, she is looking at her watch a little bit like, what do you think, Jason? Maybe one. More. this last one? This is gonna be the last one, right? Because I could use some help as the kids get older. So, you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. But I think uh, I speak for everybody in the city that we hope that this isn't his last year.
1: Did uh, were either one of you aware that they met on Tinder?
3: <laughs> so much of this we we actually found out when we were doing like interviews yeah. and and spending time with them and you know I I know there's been a lot written about that stuff in the past but yeah I mean it's uh, it's an incredible story and then the fact that like he fell asleep on the first day yeah,
1: fell asleep he, yeah you
3: yeah. can't it's so funny like I, and and that's what what I'm so proud of in the movie is that like it feels everything in the film I think feels very like. It's it's kind of so perfect the way like punchlines land and stuff like that, but that is is so authentically them. You know, him and his brother, their dynamic, him and Kylie, uh, and and it's just they're just an incredible family to be around. Man, truly, yeah.
0: One of my favorites was was Wyatt. Wyatt was amazing. I mean, that girl is going to be. I got to dance whatever she does. Whatever she does, she's gonna be a superstar in you know in the future and whatnot. And then I love Ed Kelsey. Ed Kelsey's just so salt of the earth. He's an alien chaser. I know he loves aliens. Like it's it's, he's insane.
1: He's just a, he's a funny he's yeah. The, funny guy. the, the daughter be... the daughter thing is very relatable because my four year old is in a phase right now where she uh, um she like commands your attention. You know, it's like, Dad, look at this. Yeah, look at this dad by the way dad put down your phone and look at this i'm like i'm looking at like i i i I love you but i've i've heard this this song 400 times (laughs) yeah but i I don't know just like that kind of stuff where you were like okay he goes through the same shit that we do of course because you you have this idea you have this like false notion that like uh, you know some rich nfl player has like four um nannies there or whatever and he, he doesn't he just plays with his kids for a half hour and then does whatever he wants i but mean no, it's, very-
3: that was uh, to be honest that was super surprising for me certainly early on you know and like they have they at that point they had two kids you know kylie is a uh, field hockey coach jason clearly has a job uh, that you know takes a lot out of them like the fact they have babysitter, a babysitter um, but they don't have like live-in help or any like staff or anything like that it's really they are as down to earth and kind of uh, real and honest about like how they're just because they have money doesn't mean that they're gonna like yeah. you know pay to have someone take care of their kids like that's their job and they they know that so I think like you said I think that's seeing these moments behind the scene make them relatable. No, not many people can relate to being uh, a, a, a pro NFL athlete, but most anybody can relate to being, uh, you know, a, a brother, a son, a uh, husband, all, you know, those things that are universal and he has to deal with them. You know, as you see at the end of the movie, when he's at SNL, he's missing his, uh, his second year old's birthday party. And yeah, that's, that's real. You know what I mean? And Kylie was really pissed. You know, and he, and you know, it doesn't matter that
0: was who. He, <laughs> that was a tough one. matter who,
3: It's uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you're you're disappointing us, you know, and you don't get a pass because you're on SNL or you know, you you, you your brother won the Super Bowl.
0: Now, I think people want to know: Are you filming anything for this season? Are you guys doing anything?
3: Well, we 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 last year, um, as part of one of the many things that Jason had going on, you know, they did the Christmas record and we filmed that, you know, as part of making the documentary. And then, you know, after talking to Connor, when they were putting the like press and marketing together, he's like, do you, you have any footage from like the Christmas record that we can put out there? And so we put something together and that got out there and I think really helped the Christmas record be a big deal. And so they're doing it again this year. So we started, you know, we, we have that all film, this, this, the, you know, Christmas, uh, 2.0. And, um, that'll be coming out. I would love, I mean, you know, obviously I've said from the very beginning, like, you know, this film, the ending of the film is not an ending, you know, it's like he's decided to keep playing. And my, my thought is at some point he's going to retire. So at the very least we need to do like a, postscript to this and show the retirement. So it actually does have a bit of a, uh, you know, kind of definitive ending, but Hey, you know, if I can be in business with Jason Kelsey for the next 10, 15, 20 years, you know, sign me up. Like it was, it's been a true pleasure. And, um, yeah, I'd love to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, it's truly not a bad gig. Uh, well, I got one last question for you. Do you have any Intel on, uh, Travis and Taylor Swift?
3: Only what everybody knows, but I will say, don't uh, say anything. we don't know. We have no <laughs> idea. What is <laughs> <of> the fact <laughs> out there? She's like, "Don't say anything." <laughs> all, right. I, all right. I just got uh, Connor sent me the People Magazine thing yesterday. That's all I know of. But I mean, right. that that, right. that moment that he talks about it on the podcast is obviously very funny. And, uh, yeah. You know. Okay. Who knows? Man, it could be. I mean, that could be the Swifties could be helping making making this thing be number one right now on Amazon. I-
2: that's
0: true that's, Eagles yeah. fan long con to get Travis out of his game that's what it is yeah. Eagles swoop in and they win the Bowl.
3: I love con, this dude it's the long con,
1: con playing the long yeah. game here yeah <laughs> also I've been speaking um, of music I've been inspired to go uh after this I think I'm going to go down and get out the Ronnie James D- Dio vinyl please do play some of that yeah please yeah. do
3: you we will got, not be disappointed
1: we got Sabbath Dio and we got solo Dio we're going to go through all of it today
3: yeah man yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Perfect. Love it! I'm gonna watch that one too.
3: Perfect. We'll have, to, uh, we'll, we'll have to bring you back on. Yeah,
1: we'll have to bring <laughs> you back on because Kev uh, Kev's a big yeah. metal head. Yeah, pagan will sit that one out. I don't think he knows anything about black. That's Saturday right, man. just be
3: but... me and you, Kevin. We'll just nerd out on metal. <laughs> <All> right,
1: <awesome. laughs> well, hey Don, we really appreciate
0: it, man. Go uh, go stream Kelsey on Amazon Prime Video number one right now in the entire country. That's amazing. Congratulations, man. It's awesome to see someone who's, you know, who's lived in this area for, for 30 years, do something like this. It means so much to so many people. And I've only seen really good things come out of it through social media and everything that people talking about it. So congratulations on your guys' work.
3: Thanks dudes. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Cool. Take care, bro. <clears throat> wow. That
0: was fun. That was a good time. And Love it, man. It, for, for real, I mean, don's gone go stream kelsey like it is everything you could have wanted in a documentary yeah. i mean i couldn't believe how much things i learned about him i couldn't believe how much i could relate to the guy and everything um just a bunch of cast of characters a bunch of salt of the earth
1: people just awesome awesome individuals there um yeah, I, just, I was watching like at least in like the first 15 minutes or whatever i'm like he's doing the same shit I'm doing like dealing with the same shit I'm dealing with like a three-year-old girl and uh you know raking his garden you know or like he can't can't find his keys or there's I know it's just I don't know you just have you just don't have the I don't know you don't have the right perspective of what you You think these guys are like uh you know yeah like I was saying like you know four caretakers in the house like taking taking care of all the kids at the same time and they're just you know Mm -hmm. they're just like you and me you know
0: also, Don definitely knows about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I think we
1: just confirmed that one right off the bat. That's <laughs> <Probably> some <laughs> hidden footage. Probably some footage that didn't make it, uh, make it off the yeah. shopping block. You know. Yeah. So oh, yeah, gotta watch a Dio documentary too. Though I didn't know that he he was uh, involved with that. Dio was my guy back in the day. You're probably too. Sure. You know? he played for Black Sabbath. He played for Rainbow. Is Black Sabbath Ozzy? Dio came into Black Sabbath after Ozzy left. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dio left later. So but yeah, he was the second singer for, for Black Sabbath. Craig, Craig would probably Craig would be good for this conversation. Um, but let's get it back to the Eagles. Should we get it back to the Eagles? What do we want to say? What do we want to what do we want to finish up with here? I mean, I,
0: I'm kind of worried with uh Reed Blanket ship potentially not playing, it doesn't look like it, and now Kenny Gainwell not playing, so I guess it'll be a healthy dose of uh of Swift, Boston Scott, and uh, yeah. Rashad Penny has to play, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't think Bradbury's going to play either, so the secondary is now down half.
1: Um, Justin the Jefferson, Kobe Jefferson Dean. just went Kobe off. Dean. Yeah, the Kobe um, Dean. Yeah, so, some, so, uh, yeah, some injury stuff. If in the first week, I'm not too um, too keen on that right now. Um, uh, you know, they should be okay against an average Vikings team at home, but uh, yeah, so. Um, they, uh, Christian Ellis, I guess, was the guy who came in and blew, who had the third most snaps at linebacker last week. And then uh, they signed uh, Rashawn Evans to the practice squad. Uh, Nicholas Moreau was elevated. So we're probably going to see, uh, yeah, Cunningham, Moreau, Ellis at linebacker. Um,
0: yeah, the, uh, the the spread has dropped to minus seven equal, So it's still hovering around where it opened up at eight, either seven and a half, wherever you got it. But I think it's going to be uh, – they are going to rely a lot on the Eagles crowd tomorrow. Do you want to talk about? I, I mean, I don't really have much more
1: to talk about the Eagles. I'd rather talk about the CB I, Bucks. Go ahead. Oh, this. Oh, this. Yeah. Okay. We. Well, why don't we end with that? I just want to go through Finish a couple of Eagles notes real quick. Yeah. I cause um I you know I want to do the story. I tried to do the story. This, like, weekly story last year where I, you know, we have access to like the pro football focus and sport radar data. And I like looking at the data, like, not surface level, like, well, Jalen Hurts was 27 for 28. Nobody gives a shit. Like, that's very easily. Eva. I want to go like one level below that and kind of pick out some trends and look for some stuff every week that kind of helps people understand go off, King. Going. We're not talking about like the DYAR, the DYAR, you know, Aaron Schatz stuff, but uh, just some takeaways. They, uh, so they only blitzed 23.2% of the time, uh, which was 22nd out of 32 teams. So they were pretty, which was pretty similar to what they did last year. I know it's only one game. It's a small sample size, but they were the 22nd blitzing team in the NFL. However, um, despite blitzing only once every four players on average, the Eagles were fifth with a 35.7 defensive pressure percentage. Um, which is defined as the number of plays in which a quarterback was sacked, hurried, or knocked down. So, right, again, it's the same theme that we saw last year. Like, they're not going to blitz a lot, but they're going to get pressure on the quarterback because uh, they've got Jalen Carter and Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat. So, like, I, again, I know it's only one game, but that's kind of the template for what it was last year. You know what I mean? It's like you don't need to blitz or be super aggressive when you're getting there with four, you know? So, that's that at least is a continuation of what we saw last year um they you know it's interesting because they, they're they carrying four tight ends on the roster they're not going to activate all four of them on game day <clears throat> but for all the talk of that they only went to 12 personnel 6.6 percent of the time in new england um they stayed in 11 personnel 83.6 percent of the game uh which was tied for the highest number in the nfl so that's kind of uh you know, I don't know if that's game plan specific. We'll be able to corroborate all this tomorrow night or butt it up against another sample size. But it seems like they're they're not going to at least the game plan. In New England was not to do a lot of two tight end stuff and kind of spread it out. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Kenny Gainwell, Dallas Goddard. You know, your five skill guys out there. Um, just some of the other themes, real quick. They didn't. They had 14 yards after uh, contact. In that game dead last tied with arizona and washington i know it's wet it's shitty it's turf like you're not probably probably not going to catch the ball and then, you know uh you know gain a bunch of after contact yards you know what i mean um but that was uh interesting the patriots had a good tackling game and played a good defensive game and um the data says that jalen hurts in the offensive line were blitzed on 43.2 percent of passing plays um which was one of the highest numbers, the highest opponent numbers, opponent blitzing numbers that was that anybody did. So the Patriots really came after him and uh, they gave up three sacks, five quarterback hits and nine hurries. Um, So considering that you were blitzed on like four out of every four and a half out of every 10 passing plays, that's, Oh, that's okay. You know? Um, I know the offensive people say the offensive line didn't have necessarily a great game, but they were under a lot of pressure from New England the whole time. So those are kind of the themes: a lot of shotgun, a lot of uh, eleven personnel. They didn't blitz a ton defensively, but they still got pressure on Mac Jones, and um, yeah, that that was kind of um, that's kind of a continuation of what we saw last year.
0: So if you're an Eagles fan, would you feel good about the rest of the season, especially Week Two tomorrow, Thursday Night Football on a short
1: week? I think you feel fine. Yeah, because I think most people were just of the mindset of, like, hey, you know, they're rusty, you know, the not playing in the preseason was a topic after week one, and they went up to a tough place to play in crap conditions and they won. And they turn it around on short notice against a team that didn't look that good in week one playing at home. So yeah, I think of the mindset's I feel like the mindset honestly, I feel like the macro takeaway from this week compared to this week one, this year compared to last week's week one. I feel like people were a lot more negative after the Lions game last year. Oh, yeah. oh Is that because yeah. they gave up 35. I also think it's because because they're coming off a Super Bowl and there's still Super Bowl
0: aspirations where it's like you gotta let these guys kind of get into their mold and everything. I think if you were coming off a nine and eight season, there would be just as much freak out this year. But I think I I, people I don't think people agree with this, but after we saw the bills and stuff, you could you could argue that Patriots could be the second best team in the AFC
1: East, you know? Yeah, possibly. And um, And now with Aaron Rodgers going down. Well, yeah, and I mean, because we didn't know. And at the same time, like, again, another parallel from last year, we didn't know how good Detroit was going to end up being last year. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we I went in saying like, they're not going to fucking lose a Jared Goff, which they didn't, but they ended up having a pretty good season and they just knocked off the Chiefs this year. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm, I like the short week. Like, let's just turn around and get right back to it. You know, we got all the other assorted shit. We haven't been we haven't been overanalyzing week one, which I kind of like.
0: I, I really like uh, the the pressure stats um, make me feel good about yesterday, especially or tomorrow. Excuse me, uh, especially if Bradbury and Blankenship aren't going to be there, we're going
1: to have to rely on these guys to get a lot of pressure and the Kobe Dean. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and actually, that's the thing. I mean, that was again that that just goes real real quick back to philosophically all the Gannon and shit. You know, well, they're not aggressive enough. They don't blitz enough. Well, they don't have to. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, because then if you if you're getting pressure with four, you can leave seven back. And you know if there are extra bodies back there, it's just a numbers game. You're trying to win a numbers game, and that's just really all it comes down to, you know. So.
0: Finish with Did the we, uh, ECW yeah. moment at the Central Bucks uh, School Board meeting. So this this story, this, yeah. uh, this story yeah. came to us uh, from Meg E Brock. Heated moment at last night's Central Bucks School District Schools Board meeting when Steve Sullivan terrorized attendees with a folding chair. Now the video isn't that great. We can play it because it does have some pretty funny uh, parts the to audio it. I think one person, yeah, the, the audio is good. Um, there is a picture also as you can see there of i I think Steve Sullivan with the uh, with the with the chair. <laughs> got the, chair. My- Get Get my the God. chair God almighty. Uh um, yeah. Greg, if we can play the audio, I think people like start screaming about deadly weapons and stuff. So it's just yes. PTSD. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: He doesn't
3: need a gun to hurt somebody. This person here.
1: He has to go out. Deadly weapon, the chair. A deadly weapon, the chair. I am being a little bit dramatic here. This is my favorite part too.
0: No, no. Yeah, oh. you know, like, hey, can we close this meeting? Absolutely not. We got more shit to
1: bullshit about and stuff. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, the cop comes in and he's like, these these motherfuckers here, like, come on, you oh. know. Um, I don't know, just to the real cliff notes like thing. Uh central bucks is like kind of a mess now because the Republicans and the Democrats don't like each other and the district's facing a lawsuit from the ACLU. Alleging that the uh, LGBTQ students are not being treated fair, a whole bunch of crap up there. There was a whole
0: mask anti-mask mask mask thing. I remember during COVID in Central Bucks because I I I lived right over right over County Line Road, so like I knew a bunch of people from Central Bucks and 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 uh, Council Rock and everything. So like, it's you're right. It's just a it's just a mess and
1: shit. (laughs) Here's Here's my favorite thing. Here's my favorite thing from the story, though. This is from uh, Joe, um, I don't know how to say her last name, Civiglia, Civiglia at the Bucks County Courier Times. Um, She wrote, the witnesses stated that after the speaker finished his public comment where he leveled accusations at a minority board member, he allegedly appeared to throw papers into the face of another man who was seated in the audience. That man then jumped up and picked up a chair, according to witnesses. Police who were stationed in the meeting room took both men out of the room. In a phone interview late Tuesday, the husband of the school board member said he was not arrested or cited, and he declined to press charges against the speaker. The husband said that when the speaker initially walked past where he was seated, he circled back and said something obscene about his wife and then threw a stack of rolled up papers at him. The man said he immediately stood up and his hand got caught in the back of a chair and he lifted it it and put it back down. Bring the oh, chair
0: back up, Greg. Bring uh, the
1: chair picture back up, please. <laughs> yeah,
0: the picture of him with the chair no, clearly holding it not- with two hands. Yeah. But no, his the back of his the back of his hand unfortunately got caught it in got, it.
1: Yeah, it got stuck right here.
0: <laughs> that guy has the strongest wrist in central bucks. Don't mess with that guy, he's gonna give yeah. you an Indian burn.
1: Native I American do think burn. if somebody threw papers at my face and in, insulted, uh, my, my, my wife that I might, uh, pick up a, pick up a chair too. I don't, you know? Yeah. I I think that is, I think that is grounds for a
0: chair pickup. I mean, you gotta, I believe that the people who go to PT meetings have live very boring average lives. Oh, yeah, I don't God, think yeah. people like you and me who actually have a life or, or people who listen in the comments, even Ford, Would go to a PT meeting because they're just like, well, why would I waste my time? I don't care enough about this shit to sit there for an hour and just bitch about, you know, politics and school board stuff. Like PT moms, we all make fun of them because they're just a bunch of Karen's that run around and want to call
1: about the managers. Yeah, these these are uh, yeah the the board meetings are like ground zero for all this shit. Like Montco, Bucks County uh, suburban uh, school board meetings are the hot item now. I mean, in North Penn across the street, they got the cops sitting outside. Now, after every time, I think they had to go in a couple months ago and like remove people from the school board because they were arguing about like, like, uh, I don't know, like book banning or s- some shit like that, you know, or mask mandates or something. But
0: I, I just can't fight for
1: America. Is be. That's where the, that's a the battleground. For- I just
0: can't imagine caring about something like that. Like that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fight for something or I guess die for nothing is what they say.
1: So. Well, if you're not willing to stand up at your at your school board meeting when somebody insults your wife and throws news throws papers rolled up papers in your face, you know. Sorry, not I've got a
0: uh, I've got me. the Phillies versus Braves to watch. I've got a uh, I've got another comeback with uh I've got another Phillies comeback to watch, only to lose it in extra innings.
1: I don't know if I have another Phillies game in me. I feel like I need a. It's <clears throat> just been a lot going on with them these last these last two days. Yeah. I'm glad you there. said it because yeah.
0: I've been kind of Phillies out recently. I don't know why. Yeah, I know a, it's
1: exciting. I know the games are
0: great and everything, but it's just like I think 162 I've been saying it this whole year. I think 162 is way too much, especially when we're in the middle of a uh, football season. It's a good hangover to get us through, you know, those Tuesdays, those Wednesdays without football, but let's just let's 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 decrease the season a little bit. I think it I think it goes on too long. I'd love to see it I'd love to see it end in September. And then play in October and November when it's not forty degrees
1: out at night. Yeah, I just, yeah, and and, you know the complaint is always like, you know, the owners are never going to approve something where they lose games and lose, you know, revenue. But I would just cut off as many games as you need to extend the playoffs and make all the playoff rounds. Uh, They make make the wild card five, and then make the the division series seven. Yeah you're not expanding the playoff field. You're just giving you more playoff games and chopping off some of the 162 on the back end. Like, that's the best compromise that I've been able to come up with.
0: And they all make their money, the teams that make the playoffs, on the playoff revenue and stuff, and the shirts and the concessions, because they bumped them there, up yeah. $5 a
1: piece. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think the Kansas City Royals are going to be that that uh, affected that badly by losing six games that people weren't coming to in the first place, you know? So yeah. but that's just my take, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, hopefully they. Uh, I think we got Sanchez on the hill tonight.
1: Uh, maybe not. That's maybe. another reason I'm not watching yeah. Taiwan
0: Walker. Maybe Taiwan Walker's
1: on the hill because Wheeler went last night. I thought it was, it was Sanchez. The oh, okay, all right. it shows the you how, how dialed how dialed in we are to the the Phillies right now. You know. Yeah. Anthony's so, not at all. So,
0: you know. yeah, hopefully they. Uh, hopefully they they could clinch on the uh, on the field today. That would that would hurt a little bit. The Braves clinching the division on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you know, whatever. I'm not. I don't think that's a big of a deal because we had all resigned ourselves to that inevitability already. I mean, like three months ago, we said that. You know,
0: yeah. We knew they were going to win the division, but it
1: just yeah, it hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit. No, it's uh, optics.
0: Yeah, you know, optics. It's
1: like taking a group photo with uh, Danilo Cavalcante. You know, after he looked like after he looked like he just got back from like the gathering of the juggalos in Ohio (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. I, Joey B says, I don't, I have more color today. I'm not as pet. Yeah. That's because I slept. I slept right through the thunderstorm last night. Apparently I'm like the heaviest sleeper on the planet. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't want to see a Cunha popping bottles in the, uh, in the clubhouse. I'd I prefer that not to happen. With the so. pencil neck reporter with the Braves reporter pencil, yeah. no, pencil neck. Pencil the opposite of pencil neck, the old oh, thumb looking Mark Bowman. My God, he looks like a thumb. He made a anyone that didn't see that. He made a Santa Claus joke after Acuna uh, jacked a home run and partied around the base pass. And usually I don't care. <laughs> he is such a thumb. It's insane. Um, that is a legit thumb. And if anyone thinks I'm mean for calling him a thumb, don't be a thumb. Then,
1: you know, maybe not. Um Don't be a... Is is that uh, blaming the victim?
0: Yeah, I'll victim blame the shit out of this guy. He made a dumb Santa joke, a 60-year-old joke. Like, like you're a sports writer. Be more creative. And he looks like a thumb, okay? Listen, if I look like a thumb, I would say, hey, all these thumb jokes are okay. But anyway, so Acuna ran around the bases and danced around the bases. And usually I'm a guy like, hey, if you don't want him to do that, then don't give up a home run. But man, flapping your wings... He's doing the uh the high step and everything. He's like he's like sitting at third base for like five seconds. It was just it was a lot. Even even for the yeah. uh the unwritten rules of baseball, it was uh it was a Pretty lot. Much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's uh
0: if you got one in his ear hole, I think Christopher Sanchez can take the suspension.
1: Yeah, it's a little much yeah. Not much. Yeah, I don't need to see the whole the whole team flapping.
0: I, I mean, know. watch this. He just he sits there. He literally stops his home run trot. You can see it in the corner here when they flash back to it. And he, that was like four seconds of him sitting at third base. I mean, mm. like, if, 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 if they don't put one in his ribs today, I'd be shocked. Like I said, Christopher Sanchez, if there's any a guy who needs to do it, it's that guy can take a, a five game suspension and miss one start. I mean, they have six, they have six starters in the pen. Um, you, you can talk handle about that. that I, right I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. You could talk about I know,
1: it. I know. Well, I mean the yeah the PHLY site launched yesterday. Um, Gargano, Anthony Gargano, I think for on intents and purposes is done has done his last broadcast of the fanatic. Yeah, because the graphic came out yesterday when PHLY launched and they said coming soon Anthony Gargano and um, I think people were finally were able to put it together. Like I had dropped four hundred teases and hints, uh, whatever that this thing was coming right, and then everybody was leaving their outlet to go to this outlet um but yeah i mean it wasn't bad on day one they're doing they're doing like a daily podcast streaming show for every team um you know i think you got some guys who are writers who who are used to different formats who are going to have to shift over to something different and get used to talking uh on a mic and get used to speaking on on video but um yeah it's a pretty good lineup that they put together we'll see if they make a dent in the market you know it's, it's like a it's like a ringer it's like the ringer if the ringer was local and only focused on one You know, city. But I mean, it seemed like the response to it from fans was pretty good. So we'll see how they do. You know, it's a venture capital uh, backed backed thing. So they got to come in and they got to make money and they got to sell advertising and you know, do all that thing. So I wish them all luck. It's a good. It's a good group of people. You know. Yeah, I mean, I go get yours. Um,
0: Was it so positive because they didn't hire anyone who was really that uh, villainy? or with any vitriol, like they hired a bunch of nice guys, good guys, respected guys in the industry. Like it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. I, and that's one thing that I wonder what's going to happen with them, because like you can do hour long shows and everything. And I know they don't want to do the, you know, call or BS and shit. Jamie Lynch called that out, even though he was on that program sports radio program for, you know, five, 10 plus years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But you do need a little bit of a villain. That's one thing I think you do need. Um, Maybe, it's a lot yeah, of nice guys.
1: It is, it it is. is. I, but I agree with EJ, EJ saying it's a lot of content to fill. Yeah. I mean, off season now, how are you going to talk about the Sixers five days a week, you know, for an hour? Like what are Derek and Kyle going to talk about after? I mean, I know camps starts soon, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, um, you know, like Jamie's doing the show with Renee Washington, the Phillies show right now, and they don't have a Phillies <clears throat> writer. Um, I, they went after <clears throat> they were interested in Matt Gelb, but yeah, I mean, so they so like Jamie and Renee Washington did an hour on the Phillies, yesterday afternoon then they did a then they came back and they did a post game show after the 10 inning loss and now they're back today doing another hour like what is there to talk about today that you didn't already talk about last night you know i mean we do this show twice a week and i feel like it's more than enough you know like what the fuck mm-hmm. would we talk about if we did this five days a week you know i'd blow I mean, it's my a brains out
0: of, if i had to talk about philly sports for 10
1: uh for five hours a week it's a lot man it's a lot i mean these dudes on the radio do 20 hours a week well, I mean, all the that's commercials. Ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> cars and all that. But right, I, I do wonder how they fill. Apparently, they focus more on the podcast and the streaming stuff than the articles. You know, but a lot of their guys are known for being writers before being podcasters and video guys. I mean, Zach and uh, Charlie O'Connor and Derek Bodnar. I mean, they they're they're writers. You know, so their writer shit it, is going to be yeah.
0: very very good.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I, I mean, and a fanatic too, like. We'll see what the future is there i think the thing with gargano is like hey you know you got to decide if you're beasley you know should we just let him walk and say fuck it, it's not worth the trouble or do you want to you know hold him hold him accountable for what's in his contract you know do you want to enforce a non-compete do you want to go after him for a non-solicitation kind of thing you know do you want to pay the money for litigation uh i don't know you know apparently devon devon gibbons did not do anything yesterday because i guess he's sitting out until his contract would have expired in like november or something so we'll see what they do with cuz here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when he, he's pretty much, they made it pretty much clear that like, all right, he's going to work for them. So now it's just like a matter of, uh, you know, lawyers being about as Andrew Brandt likes to say, there will be lawyers. There will be lawyers. There Can are you do one
0: lawyer more lawyer. that, uh, that, that Craig pulled up, he pulled up a tweet here by, uh, yeah, Victor I, Fer- like this. by <laughs> uh, Victor Ferrello at, uh, and Philly mag tweeted enough with the Danello Cavalcanti equals quips, memes, and jokes. Be better Philly. And you too, Josh Shapiro. I guess he wrote an article about it. Craig, are you able to pull up the article? Uh, this feels like an earnest article, but, uh, but I guess it was. Written
1: yeah, I know. I know. Um, to Cavalcante to me in that picture? Yeah. You're getting, looks like the sixth member of corn or something. I don't know. Everybody's got a poop poet. It. It's like one thing to, uh, we're a pithy blog so we can do Cavalcante jokes or whatever. I didn't expect, you know, the troopers to take a picture with him, but uh I don't know, you know,
0: I think you can make jokes and still understand that the guy's a cold blooded murderer and he's not a good person. It's not like we're rooting for Danilo Cavalcanti to no. escape again. If we go on right. this manhunt. We, I think we are able to also make fun of all this stuff, make fun of the cops taking the picture, make fun of Mike Rainey's joke at the press conference and then yeah. dial it back that we have like there's two parts of my brain that can be like okay this was really funny but okay this is also a cold-blooded murderer who should rot in jail for the
1: rest of his life i just think you i mean i think yeah.
0: you can, uh, can discern the two
1: no i mean it's yeah it's another exercise in mutual exclusivity you know what i mean i don't yeah. think just because you're like you know doing jokes about the Vespa, the guy riding the fucking vespa trying to go out and get him doesn't mean that like you are yeah. uh, any less uh you know you know downplaying the Significance of a convicted murderer running around, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I
0: I think normal yeah. people are concerned. The two, correct? Pull that back up. I just don't I like the it. phrase
1: be, "be better, do better." I fucking <laughs> yeah, that's there, I, that's, I, like, a, that's I, an auto block, Kev. That's an yeah. auto block. Be better. I do auto, auto block. Better. Yeah, whenever somebody tells me to be better, it's just an auto block. It's like, come so, on. Man.
0: So, here's here's a quote. I've already seen so many Go Birds posts attached to it. Which you probably saw Crossing Broad's uh, tweet about it because there was a lot of quote tweets of Go Birds. Fuck you, everyone, for Brzezky. taking away the quote tweets thing. And yeah. it's making me sick. Actually, said my colleague Laura Brzezinski, Philly Mag's health and fitness editor. Well, go run it off, lady. Uh, go run some laps. You know, this morning during the 2023 version of Water Cooler Chat i.e. our Microsoft Teams morning staff check-in where Calvacanti's arrest was obviously the hot topic, and I completely agree with her. Yes, it has probably been almost entertaining for some. It's been an all-time Twitter day for some people far from search perimeter to watch Cal Vicante's crazy escape from prison. It's been nice. I live in Philadelphia. You know what? Usually we're the butt of the joke with all the crime. It's nice to move it out to Chester County once in a while. Uh, I have to admit, I was so caught up in the escape video that I made the juvenile move of adding some music to it when I included it in a story. Dude, it was a I'm sure it was a funny video that you thought was funny that like your buddies probably thought was funny, too. You don't have to, like, commit Superco before you, because you put like yakety yak over uh, over a video and then to watch the nearly two weeks of law enforcement trying and failing over and over and over again to catch this scrawny guy. Oh, and of course, we all had a few laughs or at least eye rolls when friggin Dog the Bounty Hunter offered to get involved. I think Danello Cavalcanti got nervous that he heard that Dog the Bounty Hunter was getting involved. So he probably, so he, that's why he, uh, up. he surrendered.
1: Up. Yeah. 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 But let's, but let's yeah, keep I this should, in mind. Conti is canceled. a
0: murderer. He's wanted in his home country, of Brazil, for shooting and killing a student standing at a food truck, apparently over some sort of debt. That's why he wound up in Pennsylvania. He fled Brazil. He's a fugitive. Nobody's denying that. And once in Pennsylvania, the change his ways and transform his life into that of a peaceful, law-abiding citizen. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously stabbed, stabbed his girlfriend. So, yeah, maybe save some of the jokes and memes for situations not rooted in great tragedy. Be better. Be better. Ultimate. That's an automatic block from Kevin Kincaid. Here's the thing, too. We just passed 9-11. There's, you know, it's been 20 plus years. People make jokes about that. I mean, people make memes about it and everything. People make memes about Pearl Harbor. People make memes about the Afghanistan war. People make memes. I mean, people, sometimes people are just like, hey, listen, I like to joke about things. I like to b- joke about things that are serious. My favorite form of comedy is guys like Anthony Justinic, guys like Mike Rainey, who like aren't afraid to push the uh, the the envelope. Guys like Tim Dillon or, or Shane Gillis or Matt McCusker. Like those are my kind of jokey things. You might call it sick. You might think we have a perverted... Uh, way of, of jokes and stuff But like that's what that's what I love And you know I'm not out here making 9-11 memes or anything But did I tweet all something about Aaron Rodgers And being an inside job that the turf took his leg On 9-11 yes I did Because I thought it was funny I live by the golden rule that funny is funny And the memes and the tweets And everything they were funny to me So you don't have to be better I think we can uh, discern the two there That there was a murder on the loose and we're happy he's caught Then also being like him showing up In an Eagles jersey or Eagle's hoodie was fucking hilarious. So
1: got to be able to laugh too. There's so much nasty negative shit going on in this country, in this world every day too, that if we took everything with the same matter of seriousness, we'd all be jaded and burned out and suicidal anyway, you know? So got to try to laugh.
0: Bobby Jonas Jonas says more than one thing can be true. A wise man once said, who said that this, uh, this, this bearded drunk looking uh, Nick Sirianni in front of me. That's my favorite one that I I get on
1: Instagram is like drunk Sirianni. (laughs) Is that a drunk Sirianni? Yeah, I like that one. A
0: a drunk Sirianni proverb. Yeah, More than one thing can be true. Hey, everybody, I appreciate you staying with us. It was was quite the episode. We went from talking about cold-blooded murderers to talking about guys interrupting press conferences all the way to talking about the Kelsey documentary. I hope you enjoyed it. Go birds. We will talk to you next Monday. Have a good weekend.